talking this week about Detroit as a symbol of American resilience and also American decline. We've heard about how the media struggles to accurately portray the city, how recovery is perhaps becoming more possible after the Great Recession. Today we wanted to talk to author Jeffrey Eugenides. He was born and raised in Detroit, but Detroit becomes a central character in his writings often. He's based both of his novels, Pulitzer Prize-winning Middlesex and The Virgin Suicides, in the Motor City. Jeffrey Eugenides, welcome to the program. Good morning. You know, one of the things that I, I loved about Middlesex, and I and I, it came out about the same time that I moved to Detroit, and I, I read it as I was a new resident there, was the complicated picture that you paint of Detroit. The, the city really becomes a main character. The nuanced portrait of the city with all of its scars and glories and its deep history is something that forms this amazing backdrop, this amazing tapestry in front of which your characters are, are playing out their lives. Well, you know, it, it, that's true. And, um, you know, some of that history I, I knew from hearing stories from my parents and grandparents, and much of it I had to read about myself. But the, the more I looked at the history of Detroit in the 20th century, the more I saw that everywhere I looked, you know, something was central not just to Detroit history but to American history. Either, you know, you could either do the automotive industry and the rise of, of American industrial might, or you could look at the rise of the nation of Islam and, and the racial tensions that, that are connected with that. So every, everywhere I looked, I found something that was intrinsic to American history and also to the, to the things I was already writing about with my characters. You know, the, the, what you've said is something I've said to people for a long time when they ask me why I love Detroit, which is that this is a city that has been important. They ask you that. <laughs> I bet they ask, too. They do, and I well, bet they ask you all the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, I'm the poster boy now, but, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but I, I know that I know that look, and I know that question, you know. Oh, and if I tried <laughs> to get my wife to move back to Detroit, which I did shortly after we were married, and I took her on a tour there, you know, it's like trying to get someone to move to Kirkuk or Baghdad at the moment. It's not that easy. Yeah. It, it, well, especially since it, there has been kind of a a rough portrayal of Detroit. They, they kind of get a rough shake in the media. But let me ask you about that, because, I mean, people probably aren't as surprised with you because you are native to there as they are with me, who's a transplant. So what do you say to people when they, when they question well, you about it? I have, um, I have a better excuse than you have, because I was born there, so I think you just naturally build attachments to a place and all of your earliest memories and and your warmest feelings um, have to do with where you're from. Now, if you're a transplant, then that means that there's, you, know, you just like it for some oddity in your, in your own personality. <laughs> are, are you calling me I odd? No, <laughs> well, I, love, I love it in you, but uh, I, I think it might be harder to explain. Well, you know, as I was saying before, this is one of the things that I say when I explain it, was that, you know, this is a city that has been important to history, to the world, in all the phases of its development. I mean, it's not like many other cities. There's very few cities other than New York in the United States that can say this. This has been an important city at all times. And often the struggles of Detroit reflect the broader cultural and societal issues going on in the rest of the country. They're just seen more starkly in this city. Do you think that's true? I, I, I completely agree with that. And that's why I always felt fortunate to be from Detroit as a writer, because I, I think all of those things are true. I, I, I didn't start out writing about Detroit because I thought if I wrote about Detroit, I'd be able to write about all these all these major issues because I don't even I don't even think about issues when I write. But but the fact that I you know 
to write about Detroit, I, I realized very quickly that that was incredibly rich material for all the reasons you just listed. Well, explain to me, if, do you have any thoughts, and this isn't a rhetorical question, I'm really wondering, do you have any thoughts about why uh, outside people like to uh, portray Detroit in, in kind of a harsh light? I think, you know, once something becomes known, um, you know, gets a reputation, it's it's sometimes hard to shake it. So once Detroit became the murder capital um, in the in the late 70s and was losing population and had a terrible crime rate, it became, you know, the the symbol of the dying American city, and it's been hard to hard to shake that. There's a lot of other competitors you can think about, Newark and and, and Cleveland and and other cities, but Detroit was, you know, the greatest of, of those cities. So when it went down, it became the greatest spectacle of, of uh, urban, um, you know, decay. And maybe that was the essential issue, that at one time Detroit was so rich, so uh, glowing, so fantastic in its opulence, that maybe that's really what captures people, is is the contrast. Well, it is. It's like the Shelley poem, Ozymandias, you know, when, when they're going across the desert and they, they see the, the crumbling statue, it's, you know, it's the former opulence and greatness of Ozymandias that, that is... That, that makes gives the uh, impression it's it's power. It's not that Ozymandias fell from a from a low height, but from a great height. So I, I do think that's a, that's operative in Detroit as well. You're going back next week. Uh, tell me about yeah. what you see in the city and and what might inspire you. Is as the Detroit comes out of perhaps one of its most difficult times in recent memory, at least. If you're from Detroit, you're always hopeful and looking for the next sign of 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 life. And of, of course, everyone's encouraged by you know ford making two billion dollars in the last quarter things like that the automotive industry coming back to life in the american automotive industry perhaps um having a turnaround so people will will look at that um i noticed my last time in detroit uh, i was staying directly downtown was you know it was a quite a strong contrast when i was growing up when downtown detroit really was unpopulated at night. No one was there at all. And now people are returning to the city. It's still a kind of, you know, almost bombed out Berlin atmosphere, um, Berlin after the war atmosphere about it. But but I did find, I guess, being a Detroiter, a certain sign of, of hope in that. There was a, a little bit of, there was quite a spirit of people coming back downtown. Still um, a pulse there. I, yeah, I worry that I might um, exaggerate it because because I'm so hopeful for the city to come back. But I, I did think it was better than when I had been there in, in the 80s, for, for sure. Jeffrey Eugenides, author of The Virgin, Virgin Suicides and Pulitzer Prize-winning Middlesex. If you haven't read those books, believe me, you should. He joined us from his home in Princeton, New Jersey. He's There's, in love with you, man. Well, Isn't I think that, he just appreciates the fact that I love his hometown. <laughs> more Detroit on our... He did call me odd. I'm not sure what kind of love that is. There's more Detroit on our site. I took a closer look at the neighborhood known as Mexican Town. You can read my post. There's a little mini tour for you. If you're ever visit visitor to a city, there's a little tour on our website. And also watch a video. It's at our uh, The Takeaway blog. I'm Celeste Headley. I'm John Hockenberry. At Radiolab, we love nothing more than nerding out about science, neuroscience, chemistry. But, but we do also like to get into other kinds of stories. Stories about policing or politics, country music, hockey, sex. Of bugs. <laughs> Regardless of whether we're looking at science or not science, we bring a rigorous curiosity to get you the answers. And hopefully make you see the world anew. Radio Lab adventures on the edge of what we think we know. Wherever you get your podcasts.